You're listening to today's inspirational message on pursuing God with Gene Apple. Here's Gene. Hey, I hope I'll see you at one of our Eastside campuses this weekend. The uh, At the Movie series is really something special you shouldn't miss. It's a fantastic opportunity, really, to invite people to come to church with you. And I hope you'll take advantage of it on one of our campuses. Another great series online. Yesterday, we began looking at a list of Paul's questions to believers in Romans 8. And these questions weren't to seek answers from us, but to kind of get our attention and and help us see all of the things Jesus has done for us and is continuing to do for us. And the next question from Paul that we want to consider is in verse 34. He says, who is he that condemns? And Paul goes on to explain the answer to his own question. He says, Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Almost without exception, the Bible refers to Jesus' present location as being seated at the right hand of God. And to understand Paul's teaching here, we need to understand the role of the priest in the Old Testament. The priest had a twofold role, actually. The first was to offer sacrifice for the sins of the people. And the second was to make intercession between the people and God. He served as the mediator between God and people. However, in the tabernacle, which was kind of like a portable tent of worship before the temple was built, and in the temple, which was one of the most magnificent buildings ever built, There was not a single chair for the priest to sit in, not one. Why? Because one shift of priest would come on duty and they would be so busy offering sacrifice for the sins of the people that they could never sit down. However, the word picture that Paul is painting here is of Jesus Christ serving as our high priest when he's in heaven. And in heaven, he is, get this, seated at the right hand of God the Father. Why? Because there's no more need for more sacrifice. Jesus was the once and for all sacrifice when he was nailed to the cross. No further sacrifice is required. So he's seated and doing one thing. He's interceding for us with the Father. So who in the world is going to bring charges to condemn us? The good news is with Jesus as our intercessor, no one is able to bring condemning charges against us. And here's the last question, Romans 8.35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? In light of all of this, in light of all these undeniable affirmations of Romans chapter 8 of God's great love, in light of Paul's questions revealing the significance of Jesus' sacrifice and ongoing ministry on our behalf, who could possibly separate us from the love of Christ? And then Paul began to answer this last question with more questions. And of course, the implied answer to each question is an obvious and emphatic no. He says, shall trouble separate us from the love of God? No. What about hardship? No. Will persecution separate us from the love of Christ? No. Will famine? No. Will nakedness? No. Or danger? No. Or the sword? No. Paul had experienced every one of those things, and he knew from firsthand experience, none of these can separate us from the love of God. And then Paul says something strange in verse 36. As it is written, for your sake, we face death death all day long. We are all considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Do you know anything about sheep? Let me tell you two things. First, this is true. Sheep are dumb. You've never been to a circus where they brought out a trained sheep, right? Look at the sheep. Stand on its back legs. (laughs) Look at the sheep. Jump jump through the ring of fire. Uh, And the second thing about sheep is... (laughs) They stink. (laughs) Don't be fooled by those little fluffy lambs your kids play with. 
Sheep are dumb and they smell. That's exactly what we're like. We're dumb, we're dirty. But we have a Savior who even in our foolishness, even when we smell, even in our greed and selfishness and ego and pride and lust and selfish ambition, He loves us. Nothing can separate us from His love. And in verse 39, Paul says, No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. The word translated more than conquerors comes from the Greek word Nike, which is the word for conquer or victory. So it literally means we are super Nikes. We are totally victorious in the midst of all the difficulties and challenges we go through in the life and in the midst of being dumb, dirty sheep with pride and ego in the midst of trouble and hardship and persecution and famine and nakedness, danger or the sword. We're still more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. And then, like, just in case we haven't gotten the point, Paul exhausts the entire vocabulary so we will know there is no escaping God's love for us. And he says at the end of this chapter, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. There's there's just no escaping it. If you're in Christ, God foreknew you, predestined you, called you, justified you, glorified you. And if you're in a season of sadness or a season of gladness, a season of grief or a season of joy, a, a time of crying or a time of laughing, God is working all things. I repeat, all things together for good in your life. The one who is seated at the right hand of God right now, the one who is interceding for you on your behalf, the one who is your advocate, the one who is our judge, is the one whose body was broken and whose blood was poured out for you because of what Jesus has done and is doing for you. You should just rest assured knowing that you're dearly loved, completely forgiven forever free from condemning charges against you through Jesus Christ. God, these words are just so remarkable. Our hearts can hardly take them all in. And I just thank you that there is nothing, no height nor depth, nothing in all creation that could ever separate one of us from your love. God, may we revel in that love. And God, may we be compelled to share so others can experience that love. Maybe even this weekend, somebody would tag along with us to church uh, who needs to know how loved they are by the God of the universe. Pray everybody has a great weekend ahead, God. Use the services that he said to ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining me this week. Catch you back here on Monday. You're listening to today's inspirational message on pursuing God with Gene Apple. 